Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. Today starts a new trial for, as of this morning, two cops who were charged in the death of George Floyd. However, one cop decided today to take a plea deal. We're gonna get into that in a moment. Let me remind you of the horrific actions of the police during that time. My face is gone. Uh, 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 such an egregious and evil deed that garnered the attention of the world. There was a response. There was a person reporting on the ground. I have her on the show, Crystal Bowie, Emmy nominated, award winning journalist, Edward R. Murrow Award for the coverage of the George Floyd murder. Crystal, thank you for being on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's very special. Let's talk about the book that you are that you have written and the insights that you have related to the coverage of this particular case. Before I do that, let me put up the two officers who were set to start trial today. Jury uh, jury selection was slated to begin today for both of them. One of them, as of a few hours ago, decided to take a plea deal. Now remember, they have been convicted federally. They've already been convicted federally. These are state charges that they're facing. Crystal, give us some insight and background to what happened today and these two officers. Sure, so the three remaining officers after Derek Chauvin was found guilty of murdering George Floyd. The white officer that you saw, he actually was the first officer to take the plea deal. That was Thomas Lane. He took the plea deal, got in exchange for the plea deal three years in prison. What was expected was two years in prison, probably one out on parole. So that left the other two officers. One is Jay Alexander King. He's the one you see on the far right. He is a biracial officer. His mom is white. His dad is said to be from Nigeria. So biracial officer, the one you see on the left. That is Tutau, Hmong American, Asian American. He's the one that was guarding the scene you saw walking back and forth on the footage there. So Jay Alexander King, the biracial officer, has now taken a plea deal the day jury selection was happening. And he admitted to guilt, um, I guess last minute, he decided to own up to it. Uh, meanwhile, Tutau has said that he is going to now surrender the jury part of the trial and just put his hands in the judge to decide whether or not he's guilty. You have a book called More to Tale. Uh, and I gotta tell you, I was able to read the advanced copy of this book. That's why I have you on the show. It is compelling, it is nuanced, it is amazing for those who are watching. Um, you can pre-order the book at moretotailbook.com. I would like to explore a few concepts that may not be clear for the record. I remember when the narrative came out that George Floyd actually worked as a security guard with Derek Chauvin, the man, one of the men who killed him. 
How true was that based on the confirmation of local reporting and your reporting in that region? Our investigative unit was able to confirm that. So George Floyd and Derek Chauvin had various stints as security guards. So George Floyd actually moved to Minneapolis starting a new life. He worked at the Salvation Army as a security guard. He worked at various restaurants. At one of the nightclubs, both he and Derek Chauvin, the man that's been convicted for murder, the man you saw kneeling on him, they were at the same nightclub, likely at the same shifts at the same time. However, their boss said, One of them was usually indoors, one of them was outdoors. She wasn't sure if Derek Chauvin actually ever crossed paths with George Floyd, but being that they worked at the same establishment, still a possibility. So the irony is both of them worked at the same establishment at the same time, virtually the same type of job in security. And it's possible they ran into each other. There's just not confirmation on the record that they did. Let me ask you about this as well. Because you interviewed another employer of George Floyd. Tell us about that interview and what was the sentiment of the former boss of George Floyd? Right, so George Floyd's boss, it was the first night after we found out when we saw the video was leaked, right? So the newsroom was chaos. We were like, we have to find someone who knows who this person was. That can give us context for the man who was killed. So I went over, I had an exclusive interview with George Floyd's boss. And what he told me right away without me really having to press him was George Floyd was not only an employee, he was a friend. And his boss had said he understood that George Floyd had a difficult past. And his boss even told me, don't we all? But it didn't mean that he didn't deserve a chance to start a new life, to be a good employee as a security guard at this establishment for over a year and a half. And I could tell when his boss went on camera, he wasn't doing it because he wanted good PR for George Floyd. I knew that he really wanted people to remember George Floyd as a caring person, as a person he told me would sometimes even drive home intoxicated patrons just to make sure they got home okay. And that's beyond the scope of being a bouncer, but he still went out of his way to do it. That's who George Floyd was to his boss. Let's talk about one of the officers first in particular, the mixed race male whose father is from Nigeria, I believe. And there's an interesting connection between activism and that family and why he went into law enforcement in the first place. I remember a video that surfaced of him being in, I think a Walmart and he was approached by some members of the community who basically say, shame on you. Shame on you for allowing that to happen, for aiding and abetting. Tell us about his family and the reason he joined law enforcement. Yeah, so this is probably, most of the officers, they had very interesting, complicated histories, right? Including Tutau, but with Jay Alexander King, his sister went on a Facebook Live after what happened, once she learned that was her brother in the video. And she talked about how she was quote, brutalized by deputies almost a year before this incident happened. And that that had inspired her brother, J. Alexander King to join the police force. J. Alexander King had apparently told his family he wanted to get onto the Minneapolis Police Department to do good from the inside. But Jay Alexander King's family had dealt with cops before. They weren't happy about it. They were on the forefront of the Black Lives Matter movement and they told him they did not want him to join. So lo and behold, the guy that wants to become a police officer to make a difference is now the guy that is pressing George Floyd down on his back.
And the irony of it, Crystal, he could have made a difference. He could have made his own prophecy come true. He could have intervened, he could have done something, and he could have made his parents proud. He would have made his sister proud. He would have done exactly what he said he was going to do when he became a police officer, but something happened. I believe his sentiment was probably pure at first, but he allowed them, in my opinion, to change fundamentally who he was on the inside. And that's the problem with culture. Culture of a police department has a way has a way of reshaping, especially individuals who are already weak and cowardly. Let's talk about Tao, who, who had on record um, an excessive force complaint. So much so that the city literally had to already pay money in order uh, to settle what he did against the citizen. Tell us about that. So this was like years prior to this incident where you saw Tutel um, with George Floyd on that video. He was accused of such excessive force that it turned into a lawsuit. The payout for that lawsuit was $25,000 to this family, showing just how excessive that amount of force was. But the Minneapolis Police Union is so strong. They are able to protect any cop and apparently one that has a record of excessive force amounting to $25,000 to still stay. And so when you think about what could have been prevented, Dr. Ritchie, as you just mentioned, we could have had anyone intervene during that nine minutes and 29 seconds, or some of these cops shouldn't have been police officers. And had the system been correct, had we taken a look at that $25,000 settlement and went, maybe this guy shouldn't be around citizens in the public. There's possible there would be fewer George Floyds in the world if we actually paid attention to who was doing their job right and taking away people who shouldn't be protected. We only have a couple of minutes. I want to dig into this quickly. The news agency you worked for during this time, you were a frontline reporter, roughly 35 on air talent existed with this news agency. How many black people or minorities were part of the on air talent for that agency? Yeah, so this is really difficult for me to talk about because it's really painful thinking back to it. But of the 35 or so people on TV that you saw, there was only one Asian reporter, me, and one black reporter that you saw on local television in Minneapolis. And it was a female black reporter, meaning the entire time that we were trying to cover this massive social justice movement to do justice for George Floyd, we did not have a single male reporter who's black in the building. Wow, all right, um, there are so many additional nuances and gems that you are able to talk about in your book. I know it took a lot of courage in order for you to be this transparent, to be this direct. And when I received a copy of this book, I said, we gotta do something. We gotta talk about it, I gotta let my viewers know. Everybody needs to have this book because it not only deals with the issues of racism at the government level or in policing, it also talks about racism inside of the newsroom. Systemic Mm -hmm. bias that exists and permeates in the culture beyond government and how you had to face and deal with it. And also overcome some of the challenges and barriers that were presented to you. So I encourage everybody you can go to more to tailbook.com, that's more to tailbook.com. Pre-orders are available. And I also think there's a discount code for 
the viewers of the program. What was that discount code, Crystal? That is just as a thank you to your viewers. I know that they are very active citizens. They want to make a difference in the world. They are paying attention to the news. This book is written for them to be able to get all sides of the story and to really understand the type of sexism and racism I saw behind the scenes that we never aired on television. So. For your viewers specifically only, I'm providing the discount. If they type in your last name, Richie, into the discount at checkout, they'll be able to get that. And they get first dibs on the pre-orders. So once it hits the market, they'll get the books first. Beautiful work, I appreciate all that you do and all you stand for. We need more like you, thank you, Crystal. Thank you, Dr. Richie.